welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. We're so thankful that you're here with us this morning as we are jumping into week five of our series, Outbreak. We know that at this time, we're in a world in, in unprecedented times. We're facing and battling things we never thought imaginable, being locked in our homes, trying to get out of our homes, all these feelings and these emotions that are going on. But it's also caused us to, to step back a moment, to be able to press into what does it look like to gather small or to gather virtually, but to say, God, what do you have for us in this season as we're in our homes? And Outbreak, Outbreak is our study of the book of Acts because the first church, the first church following the ascension of Jesus into heaven started to gather in homes like this. They started to pray and seek God and await his arrival. And through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came an outbreak of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's the story of Jesus Christ, that he came for us, that he died for us, but that he rose again. And because of that, he took away all the pain, all the burdens of our own sin so that we can have a direct relationship with God. And as we've been studying the book of Acts, it's been great to take a look at how does that impact our lives? What does that look like for us today? What does that look for us right now in this place? And we're going to continue on in Acts. And if you've got your Bible with you, if you could go ahead, pull it out. We're going to be in Acts 4. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's cool. We'll throw the verses on the screen for you. But we want you to know that if you've never cracked open a Bible before or you've been intimidated by it, don't be. Uh, This is a love story about a God that desperately loves you and wants a relationship with you. And from beginning to end, it's about him sending his son, the story of what took place, the fall and brokenness of man, but his desire and pursuit of us to get back in relationship with us, where ultimately he sends Jesus to be our savior. And each and every part of this Bible has Jesus in it. So it's not a rule book. It's not telling you what you must do in order for God to love you, but saying this is how much God loves you and he wants to help guide you through your life. And if you've made it there, Acts 4, I'm going to start with verse 4 in this moment. So verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4, 44. <laughs> oh, anybody over the videos? <laughs> I am. I miss people. We miss people in general. Uh, But I'm still thankful that I get to be in your living room, on your device, wherever you're streaming this right now. But just know that we miss you. Uh, Acts 4, 4. Many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much. Thank you that you are here, that you are with us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help me get out of the way in this moment. Holy Spirit, you've got a plan and a purpose, despite us maybe being in different places or being gathered in homes right now in small numbers, celebrating and worshiping you, God, but that uh, your voice, your word, your Holy Spirit would speak to hearts, to minds in this moment, God. Uh, We thank you. It's such an honor to get to declare your word, your truth, your love, the hope and grace that you offer to us. Lord, I pray that anybody hearing this message would be blessed, whether it's right now or into the future. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you're taking notes at the top of it, you can put the title. I know some of you can't wait to hear that. Others of you are like, I don't know what notes are. I'll give you extra credit if you take notes and text them to me. 
I'm just playing. I, I don't know. I don't know if that joke landed or not because nobody's laughing where I'm at, but hopefully you are on the other side of this. But if you're taking notes, the title of this message is your calling has a cost. Your calling has a cost. And um, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about what a calling is or whether or not you have a calling, but you do. Each and every one of us were created with a purpose, on purpose by God, but there's a calling that we all have and that we all share. And that calling that we all share is for us to spread the gospel, to be a part of that outbreak that I was just talking about. Because God is saying, go and make disciples. It's the last thing that Jesus said to us before he ascended into heaven. Go and make disciples. Disciples are students. Teach people, share with them. Tell them your stories of what God's doing in and through your life so that it could be impactful for them. Because God wants to use you based on your calling to impact someone else. And for us, our calling, even as we've thought about what God is doing in our lives, it led us to Soul Revival Church. Melissa and I, uh, we, we were in a position where we were trying to figure out what does life have in store for us? What is our calling? And as Jesus continued to put on our hearts, like, my, I'm your calling. It's about letting people know who I am. And, and as we prayed about that and felt compelled to launch a church, we, we moved from Illinois, where we had lived for 10 years. Uh, I'm originally from Racine. Melissa's from the Kenosha area. Uh, but out of college, we lived in the Illinois area. We had set up a home, family, had everything nice and comfortable and cozy. And life was good. But God started to compel us to do something different. We're like, okay, what does this look like? selling our home, moving, planning a church. Are we qualified for that? We definitely don't feel qualified. What's next for us on this journey? Because stepping out of our comfort zone seems very scary. And these are some of the costs that we had to think about. Those are some of the things we had to ask God about and seek guidance on. Say, what should we do? But sometimes you don't know if you've made that right decision in the moment. But you can never go wrong when you're pursuing Jesus. You can never go wrong when you're saying, God, what is your plan for my life? Because September 29th, when we launched Soul Revival Church, and at the end of service, when we gave the opportunity for people to enter into a relationship with Jesus, and when 34 people raised their hands, that was affirmation to us like, yes, this is the calling we were supposed to step into. There were a lot of hurdles along the way, a lot of doubts, a lot of insecurities, a lot of fear, a lot of pain, all of it coming together, inadequacies, feeling not worthy in any way, shape or form. But that's what's so incredible about who God is. He can take the mundane, the normal people and work out miracles. And he can do some special things. And that's what we've been studying in Acts where we've gotten an opportunity to see that. Last week, in our message, we saw how God used Peter and John. See, they were on their way. They were headed to the temple. They had a destination in mind, but God had a detour for them. And along that detour, they came in contact with a man who had been lame since birth, unable to walk, and was begging for change. But they gave him a different kind of change, a change that transformed his heart. And we're going to pick up there right now because after this man was transformed, after he was healed and he attached himself to Peter and John, they went into the temple courts. And as they did, Peter started to share the good news of who Jesus was. These people looking and they saw this miracle of this man that was healed and they started to think to themselves, this must be real. 
And Peter declares, and he's speaking truth, and he's telling them about who Jesus is and what Jesus has for them and in their lives. And that's what we're picking up today. And that's the verse that we started with in Acts 4, 4. But I want to take us back, Acts 4, 1, and see what God has to say in this moment where the story was started. Acts 4, 1, and I'm in the message version right now. Um, there's, there's different versions of the Bible. The message version uh, is one that, that we really enjoy to read, too. It's a paraphrased version, but it's something that can really help us gain more understanding at times when we're reading the Bible, maybe for the first time. But I loved how this was phrased here. So Acts 4.1, while Peter and John were addressing the people, the priests, the chief of the temple police, and some Sadducees came up. These were the power, the powerhouse people of the time especially in the temple gates, because they were in the place where the, the Jewish customs and religious practices were taught and followed, and they were disrupting it. They were sharing a different story. They were sharing a gospel about Jesus. See, but it continues. Indignant that these upstart apostles, so they were mad that these church planners, <laughs> that's what I took from that upstart, like they're just getting started. What are they talking about? This is some new thing. Oh man, but they were upset that here are these new people stepping in on their territory. That they were instructing people and proclaiming that the resurrection from the dead had taken place in Jesus. They arrested them and threw them in jail until morning. For by now, it was late in the evening. And there was a cost to their calling. There was a cost to it because as they were sharing the gospel of who Jesus was, they were arrested, they were threatened. I saw some parallels there to things that we're facing right now in our cities, in our nation, with police brutality, things having to be stepped up against with uh, religion taking the place of relationship. And it's so critical that we focus on a relationship with Jesus and not following rules and people you know, pointing their nose in particular directions on how we think we should be responding that's politically correct. Because right then, in that moment, it was anything but politically correct. Because as they were entering into those temple gates, it was their time of prayer. And Peter and John, that destination that they were headed to was so that they could share who Jesus was with those people. But that detour gave them a whole nother story to get to share at that destination. Sometimes you might be finding yourself headed toward a destination. And there's a detour God wants to use you in. Don't pass it up. Don't pass it up. He's got a destination in mind for you. It still may be the one you had in mind, but that detour could give you a greater story once you get to that destination. And that's exactly what happened for Peter and John in this moment. See, but that brings us to the verse that we were on. But I took the but out at first, but you can't miss the but. <laughs> but many of those who listened had already believed the message in round numbers about 5,000. Going to jail, nobody has that desire. No one wants to get locked up, especially to sleep overnight in a jail cell. I don't know what the jail cells must have looked like back then, but I couldn't imagine that it was a place that you would want to be at. But I think they were pretty excited that night. Could you imagine 5,000 people that have stepped into a relationship with Jesus? In our earlier weeks, we uncovered that 3,000 people were saved the first time that Peter preached the gospel. So 2,000 more people in this span of time that have entered into a relationship with Jesus. I bet in that moment they were looking at it, they were counting up the cost and said, that was worth it. 
that cost was worth this time in a cell. Are you stepping into your calling? Are you counting up the costs and saying it's not worth it to follow because people are gonna look at me, think I'm crazy? Look at me and think, what is, what is this religious person doing now? Or that your views might be different than someone in your family? Or that standing up for injustice might make you look a certain way to people that you encounter? You might be saying, I don't have a calling. There's no way. I'm not called to do anything. That's for you guys right there. That's cool. I'm gonna stay on this side of the video and just chill. I believe in Jesus and I love him so I know I'm saved. But a relationship with Jesus is not about a destination. It's not about going to heaven when you die. A relationship with Jesus is him saying, I want you to encounter my kingdom here and now. I wanna use you to impact and change lives and I have a call on your life. And just like us, when we didn't feel qualified, you might be sitting there saying, yeah, that's great, but I'm not qualified. But one thing that we were told and that we learned through that process is God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. He will qualify you as you press in to your calling to follow him, to encounter him in new ways because God wants to use you to transform lives. He wants to do that in you. Yeah, you. There's no one next to you you can point at, or maybe there is, but... Uh, God's talking to all of you. There is a call on your life and he wants to use you to do incredible things, miraculous things. He wants you to take detours that gates called beautiful so that you can see the broken be restored. God wants to do that through you because he's called you to it. And the next day though, in Jerusalem, they called like a, a court hearing. All the important people were there. Anybody that mattered when it came to the Jewish faith and law were there because they also were in control of the law and how they would hold people accountable. Not in the greatest ways either. A lot of hypocrisy, but here they are. And they put Peter and John in the center and they start to badger them with questions. And as I sit there and I imagine, I'm like, what if there were people all around me right now just badgering me with questions? The most powerful people in your city discounting you and ridiculing you. Not only that, but these very same people, they were the ones that ridiculed Jesus, that sentenced him to death. And, and as they're asking these questions, they're wanting to put that over their head. They're wanting Peter and John to know. Same thing we did to Jesus, we can do to you too. We hold the power here. Anything that you've said to this moment, we've allowed. But I love the way that they respond because they were not afraid of anything. They weren't, because sometimes you're gonna find opposition is really an opportunity, an opportunity for you to step into your calling. It's an opportunity. It's not something to feel afraid of or to wanna run away from, because God wants to use the opposition as an opportunity. And that's exactly what they did in this moment. See, because I'll tell you, if you're not feeling friction, if you're not feeling friction in a moment, you might be caught in the current and not following your calling. You might be caught in the current and not following your calling. Because there's friction, there's opposition that comes when you step into your calling, but it is worth it. I promise you, count the cost. Because we have, I'm sure Peter and John did in this moment, they're counting it. And as Peter looks at them, filled with the Holy Spirit, he feels empowered. And he responds to them and he speaks the truth about who Jesus is and the fact that, yes, they were the ones that crucified him. But that's not where it ended. That he rose again. 
And through that power, they had a confidence to speak to the most powerful people and not be afraid because they know they had a greater calling. They did not have a worldly focus. They had a kingdom focus because Jesus wanted to do something in and through them. There's no reason for you to feel fear in pursuing your calling. God has got you. He's got a plan through it. He will equip you with everything that you need. You don't need to figure it out first and say, okay, once I get my stuff together, then I'll step into my calling. And God's like, no, start to step into your calling and I'll equip you with it. He'll do it. That's what he did in this moment. And here in Acts 4.12, it says, salvation comes no other way. He's speaking this to all of these powerful people. Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. There is only one way, and that way is the way. And his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only way to live. He is the only one where you can find salvation. only way but there's nothing that you have to do to earn that salvation other than express it in your heart that you want Jesus in your life acknowledge the fact that he's there and that he died for you because he's waiting with his arms wide open he's not telling you that you have to get things right before you can come to him he's saying come to me and I'll help you get things right for anybody that's just feeling broken and tired right now the arms are open and he wants to welcome you into it. He wants you to know that there's comfort, that there is safety there. Because he loves you. He is the only way. And that's through Jesus. He can give you comfort. He can give you joy. He can give you rest. In the midst of all this pandemic, doesn't matter. He'll meet you in it. See, in that one with those powerful people in Acts 4.13, it says they couldn't take their eyes off of them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. Their fascination deepened when they realized these two were laymen with no training in scripture. They were just ordinary people. They were astonished that they were just ordinary people. There's no formal education. They recognize them as companions of Jesus. They were fishermen. But Jesus saw something in them and said, you know what? You can do great things. See, because God, he doesn't measure the things that the world does. He looks at the heart. He looks at the inside. So by a worldly standard, yeah, they didn't go to all the right schools. They didn't gain the right type of education. There's nothing wrong with those things. But you cannot allow this world to discount your calling. When God puts a vision and a dream in your heart, share with people that you trust. Because unfortunately, the world is filled with a lot of powerful people, a lot of religious people, a lot of people in authority that will tell you you can't, you're not good enough, you don't have the qualification for. Jesus. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. And the fact that they were astonished when they look at him, but they recognize them as companions of Jesus. Would someone recognize you as a companion of Jesus? And I'm not saying it in a mean way, I'm saying it in a reflective way. Think about that. I think about that a lot. How would Jesus respond in this moment? 
Am I responding the way that Jesus would? Because he always responds with grace and truth. But he does it all from a place of love. Because he has called us to love God and love people. That's it. So whatever challenges you're facing, whatever you're standing up for, injustices that we're fighting against, we do need to seek justice. But we need to love mercy. And it only happens while we walk humbly with God. Because he wants to use us in ways that we could never imagine. Here's what I love. As you continue on, Acts 4.14, it says, But with the man right before them, seeing him standing there so upright, so healed, what could they say against that? (laughs) There's so many things that I love about this. One is that these powerful people cannot say anything against them because this guy who was healed, he's standing there living proof right before their very eyes. There's no way that they could discount that. There's no way that they could say it's not true. This guy, and it later says that he was 40 years old, 40 year old man that's been sitting at the gate for years. Nobody put him up to that. They weren't sitting him there for years and years and years and years that this moment could happen. Nobody could deny the fact that it was a miracle. You wanna know what else I love? That man was standing there. See, last week, and if you didn't see it, check it out because he attached himself to these believers because he wanted to know everything there was about Jesus because he encountered that miracle. Since that time, Peter and John were locked up. I don't know if this guy was locked up with them or not, but either way, right now, as he's standing in the midst of all these powerful people, this man is still standing right there. He's still standing with them because he's like, man, I want what they have. And that's the way we got to live our lives is to say, Jesus, I want to be a reflection of you because when I'm walking the streets, when I have an encounter with someone, if I'm headed to a destination, but you want to put me on a detour, I'm cool with it because you know what? That detour might help someone else get to the destination I'm headed to. And they're going to look at me and say, I want what you have. And it's something that's free. It's a gift that's free. Anybody can have a relationship with Jesus. When they accept him as their Lord and Savior, you can have that relationship and you can be that light that shines in the darkness. And that man was with them, so they could not, they couldn't deny it. So then they send him out of the room. They're like, all right, we need to debrief on this thing. What are we going to do? We cannot allow these guys to continue to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We identify the fact that this guy was transformed and a miracle happened and it was in the name of Jesus. But... We can't allow them to keep talking about Jesus. This isn't good for us. This is going to take away our power. It's going to take away everything that we believe or that we think we believe in. And what's sad in that moment is the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah. And this is what's mind-blowing to me because right in that moment, they're acknowledging that they witnessed a miracle, but they're still missing the Messiah. They witness the miracle. They see this man, but they're still missing the Messiah, Jesus Christ, that came. Peter and John weren't trying to take credit for anything. They were saying, no, this only happened through the power of the Holy Spirit, which came through our relationship with Jesus. But they're missing it. So they're like, all right, bring them back in. We got to tell them not to talk about it anymore. And, And I love it because when they called them back in Acts 4, 18 to 20, it says they called them back in and warned them that they were on no account ever again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John spoke right back, still in this boldness. 
Whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. As for us, there's no question. We can't keep quiet about what we've seen and heard. They can't keep quiet about what they've seen and heard about what Jesus has done in their life. And and we're seeing a lot of protests right now. We're seeing a lot of voices that are speaking out and people are hearing. But if we truly want to see change, if we want to be a, a part of the change that we want to see, when we have to be that change, first we got to be the church that we're called to be. And the church that we're called to be is to point people to Jesus because there has been silence for too long. But we will not remain silent. But our voices will speak of who Jesus is. And it will no longer be that if we see something, we'll say something. No, it will be we see something, so we do something because we are seeking justice. But that justice is Jesus. That justice comes with love and hope and grace. But there's a cost. Your calling has a cost. But what does it look like? Because I know that we've counted up the cost and it's worth it. It's worth it to see lives changed and transformed. And that was exactly Peter's response. As he looked back at them, he's the, the religious leaders are staring at him and he's hearing their threats. They're like, you know what? We can't, we can't do anything but praise Jesus. This is what we've been called to do. So they release him. They had to release him. What else are they going to do? This man is still standing there where the miracle happened, where the life was transformed. So they let him go. And there's a lot of a lot more moments to come in Acts where Peter, as well as other disciples, face similar situations where there's a cost to their calling. Sometimes it ends up great, sometimes not. But in the midst of all of it, they still praise Jesus. They still speak like this is the only thing that I can speak on is who Jesus is. And they might have been diverted on the way to their destination. But God had a plan in it. And ultimately you can say, yeah, but that put them in jail. Would you go to jail for a night so that thousands of people would get to know Jesus? I would. And I've been there. Been to jail. Yep. Overnight. And I was scared. I was a scared little boy. 21 years old making dumb choices. But I don't hide it from anyone because that's my my story. That's what God wants me to share so that I can say, look, there's nobody that's perfect. And I'm as broken as they come. But I was transformed by a Savior. Jesus Christ transformed my life. So I'm compelled to press into my calling to say, God, what do you have for me? Because I want people to know this grace that I've encountered, that I've experienced because I was saved from the darkest moments of my life. To go to jail for something dumb I've done, yeah, that was a terrible moment. But if I was in that same jail cell, as I can vividly see it as I close my eyes. But if I knew I were there because thousands of people stepped into a relationship with Jesus, I'll count that cost all day and it'll still be worth it. Are you willing to step into your calling in that way? Say, you know what? There might be a cost associated with it, but it's cool because I'm in. I want people's lives to be transformed. I want people to know the hope and love of Jesus. 
is worth it. It's so worth it. And we can't get focused on who we're trying to impress, who we're trying to look like, who, who we want to accept us. We just have to say, Jesus, what would you think in this moment? Help me live a life that shows people who you are and how much that you love them. But what price are you willing to pay? It might not be jail for you. It might be a job that you don't take. It might be friends you don't hang out with. It might be that sporting event you miss out one time because you're gonna say Jesus is more important than this. It might be that relationship you get out of because it's toxic. It might be stepping away from that addiction to say, you know what, there's a cost to that because I know the detox is gonna hurt. That detour is gonna to lead to a greater destination. What is that cost? And for some of you today, you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I wanna know. I wanna know about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus because I, I wanna have a calling. We never let a moment pass that we don't give someone that opportunity. Because you are called, you are chosen. You were created on purpose, with purpose, and God wants to use it. And here at Soul Revival Church, we want to come alongside you with it because life is better together. God did not create us to do life alone, but he did it through community. So you have a people, a group of people here at Soul Revival Church that want to come alongside you and help you determine, all right, based on your calling, what's your purpose? Let us help you along the way. We have Soul Connect groups just kicked off this past week, and it's an incredible time for people to connect both virtually and in person. Go on our website, sign up, slash groups. Because we would love to get you connected in community with some people who love Jesus that you can attach yourself to. But if you've never made that decision, and right now you feel something in your heart and you're saying, you know what, I want to step into a relationship with Jesus, what do I got to do? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. Now all you have to do is say yes. I want to ask you this question. You can put it in the comment section. You can say it out loud to yourself. You can hit the link that's in the comment section. Let us know because we would love to come alongside you with it. God knows your heart. He knows in this moment what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. So right now, right now, if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you believe that he died for your sins, but that he rose again so that you could have a direct relationship with God, that's you. Say yes. Go ahead. Do it. Say yes. Right in the comment section. Because right now, that is the greatest decision you could ever make. And God wants to surround you with people to help you on that journey. And in this moment, there's a celebration in heaven that's taking place. As all of heaven rejoices, we are doing that here, right now, over that choice. Life will never be the same for you. And we are, we are praising God for it in this moment. And if that was you and you made that decision today, can I take a moment and pray with you? God, thank you so much for whoever made that decision. Whoever said, yes, I want to step into a relationship with Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would surround them with people to do life with, and that you would hold their hand through whatever struggles they may be facing right now and help them experience the joy and the hope and the love and the grace that only a relationship with you can provide. God, we pray for your favor and your blessing over their lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name.
Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.